Okay, friends, today we are very excited to be catching up with USA Today bestselling author Heather Long. Welcome, Heather. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, a little bit of a, a story about Heather. So <clears throat> from her website, she likes long oh, walks in the park, science fiction, superheroes, bad boys, <clears throat> and my personal favourite, men who aren't douchebags. I mean, mm. I like that. I mean, it's a... It's a good thing. Uh, and I also like this part as well. Um, Heather believes if you like your hero so real, you could lick the grit off their chest and your heroine's so likable, you are sure you've been friends with women just like them. You'll enjoy her worlds as much as she does. And look, it's clear we do love these things. <laughs> I, I'm keen to lick some grit off your character's chest for sure. <laughs> yeah. Born. I mean, sorry. That's so Okay. apparently there's a line away. for Vaughn so <laughs> well, I'll, I'll line up for Rogue that I'm cool <laughs> yes yeah so today we mainly want to talk about 82 street vandals we just absolutely loved it so obviously the first two books are out and the third is coming out in October which we are mm -hmm. just waiting around for hanging for what was your inspiration for that series um, well, it actually started out a little bit, this is a little weird, but it started out with a video on YouTube and it was watching an aerialist do a dance to, um, what's the name of the song? It's, it's the slower down version from the new Maleficent, the I Know You song from, uh, the Once Upon a Dream. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you see her do this, she's, it's, uh, they're from a group called the Versatile Assassins, which first of all, love the name of their, their troop because Versatile Fantastic. Assassins, I mean, that's, that's awesome. But she does, the way she dances, it, it, it does everything up in the silk. She looks effortless, absolutely, totally effortless. And yet I know from being a dancer, there's no way it's that effortless. You have to be incredibly strong and have an incredibly strong core in order to do a lot of those maneuvers. And so I kept watching it. And then I knew um, in Hangovers and Holidays that we were gonna go and see, spend a lot of time with the kids having vacations. And that's in the Frankie books. And one of the things I was like, well, they can go and see an aerialist. And I'm like, you know what I, I kind of wanted to write the aerialist but i also wanted to do a gang book and i was like i could do the aerialist in a gang and and then it just kind of ballooned from there <laughs> i love it i love it and honestly like yeah i really enjoy reading dancing books and things like that because it's such a like firstly seeing the performance you know in person is amazing but then reading about it's a different type of experience because it's so much more detailed and you can really picture everything that's going on. So I, yeah, really loved the first part of the first book where she's up on the stage and it's describing all the different things that she's doing and all the, you know, how much effort she's putting in. But you're right, when you're actually watching the performance, it's like it's just like there's nothing to it. So, it's yeah, very, I like It's that. very different. And, and I know from actually performing stuff on stage, you're always two or three steps ahead of where you're at mentally mm -hmm. um, because you're getting ready for if there's, especially if there's a lift or if there's a big change, or if you're going to do a jump, you're always preparing for that. And so where the audience might be caught up in the story of what you're doing, 
you're not you're you're over here and and doing stuff there and it's so it's 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 a huge amount of focus that it takes and there's a lot of muscle memory that goes into it because if you've done enough if you've done some dances enough times you just do it automatically you don't yeah. even really think about it anymore and then that's one of the reasons why she can get lost when she dances and she can turn her brain off yeah yeah absolutely yeah i no i definitely um resonate with that i grew up dancing for like 20 odd years but i mean it was by no way like a professional i mean i thought i was pretty good but then i try and do tiktok dances and clearly uh i don't i'm not up to par with some of them but yeah it it, it definitely for me as well is it it's an an escape and even now like i i find i'll just put the music on in the house and i just zone out and you just sort of yeah, you get caught up in it. But I did, I have seen a couple of aerialist shows and they're amazing. Like they're, in, they're incredible. Like the strength that they have. And it, it, I just sit there holding my breath the whole time. <laughs> it's like, well, when they do this, especially if they do the one where it, it's it's the twist in the wind where they, they roll themselves all the way up and then they let go mm, and yeah. they fall and unravel, yeah. even though they're not going to actually hit the, there's no net. No, no that's you know, right. there's a hard stage down there. So if they, they miss or they miscalculate in any way, shape or form, they're hitting the stage, you're gonna <laughs> hit the ground. I know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw one done once where it was partners doing this one dance. And the scariest part about it, because I'm watching them do it, because I'm actually trying to figure out how to write it. <laughs> but she has to trust her partner. It's like watching ice skating when you see pairs doing the ice skating. When they do those lifts, they have to trust their partner to keep them up there because when they're dropping them, they're dropping them and they have to catch them. Yeah. And exactly. I'm just like, mm. but this whole, <laughs> the guy is the one who's raveled up and then she's moving all around him like unraveling and raveling him back up again in the silk so that when he falls it's all she's controlling everything but she's not actually wrapped up in the silk she's wrapped up in him yeah. and so it's like that's so cool yeah. and <laughs> terrifying yeah <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> yeah yeah no i couldn't do it no <laughs> mm -hmm. I, i'm also terrified of heights i would probably puke you definitely can't be um afraid of heights to do to do no. that <laughs> no i always wanted to be i remember when i was a little girl went to the circus and i always wanted to be a tightrope walker but i'm also terrified of heights so yeah no. <laughs> but it i was just so like oh i don't know i was just so enraptured with what this girl was doing with this tightrope i'm like oh, i want to do that but anyway i did that way about trapeze artists too so yes and and that's right up there with the nope mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't trust fun, anybody though. that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously Emerson, I mean, this is a spoiler episode, so everybody's read it. But anyway, she's obviously a ballet, silk dancer. She's, you know, you're getting that hint that she's just pushing forward to this point of freedom because she just keeps focusing on how this, when this is finished, you know, she's 18. She thinks she's finally going to get free. We don't know at the start what from other than you're getting those hints that Eric is abusing her. Um, but you're also getting the hints that that is not the worst part, you know, that she's putting up with this abuse 
And so you're just getting these hints like what else has she put up with? Because she's like, look, I can live through this, but then I'll be free. So you're like, well, what else is she running from that this is okay, you know? Um, and then you're getting these little hints of, of um, the vandals. So we've got Jasper's randomly there, you know, fixing her door handle and um, Kellen is her driver and, you know, they've got little people stationed around in the performance, you know, keeping an eye on her. And I think at that point you're like really wondering what are they doing? Cause it's so like weird on one hand, they're creating these deals, <laughs> you know, in the back room and you're like, okay, is this a heist? But then on the other hand, they're putting locks on her door so she can lock herself into the room. And you're yeah. like, I'm not sure what their actual purpose is here yet. <clears throat> yeah, they're kidnapping her wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, when they, you know, the end of that show, she goes out, Eric, like, is abusing her. He knocks her unconscious. And they're like, let's take her, but this is not part of the plan. I'm like, but I thought maybe it was a part of the plan. Like, were you going to kidnap her? Or were you just here for the deal? But why were you looking after her? I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the things I get. I have, I had, when the first book came out, I had a lot of readers going, I don't get it. Why did they take her? And I'm like, you'll find out. I know. Yeah, that's it, I mean, it's, that's one of the mysteries. And it's one of the things she wants to know. Like, why yeah, did you yeah. take me? Yeah. I mean, initially, obviously she is very badly injured when they do take her, mm. but they had choices. <laughs> yes. Like a hospital. And, like yeah they can and I mean that's where Kellen wanted to take her was straight to a hospital but that's not where I mean I know but Jasper Jasper's like now he's got her he didn't want to let her go no so why he's like and full on like, possessive at this point you're like okay let's work through this and find out why um <laughs> and then I think and as well it, it drops hints that they've been watching her for a long time it's like why <laughs> why have you been watching her but and obviously, like, they take her to Doc, Doc fix her up, and then they put her in this room with no windows. So to her, she is, she's been taken from one, you know, um, captive situation, if you may, to another. Like, she doesn't understand they have no windows for safety reasons. She just thinks she's a prisoner in this room with somebody constantly watching her. Mm. And, you know, they have taken away certain liabilities from her. She is locked in the room um so but she doesn't I have mean, her phone she doesn't have any of her stuff so yeah. I mean I guess the kidnapping thing is coming across quite strong to her yeah. in the room yeah oh but it was heartbreaking when she ran to Kellen and then he was like oh actually I'm part of the, the kidnappers and then she was like but I was trust I was you know learning to trust you and I'm like oh awkward. I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll trust him again awkward <laughs> Kellen you ruined her trust. <laughs> but we've also got these little things happening in the background as well at the start, which we haven't really gotten any answers to, even at the end of book two, which is the, the car that almost runs over her and her silks being cut. Mm. And they're like, there's obviously a threat there to her, but we don't know where that's coming from at this stage. So that is something that, you know, sitting there waiting to be answered <laughs> well and, and and i actually feel like and of course people listening to this could be like i didn't forget about that i have a feeling that there are going to be some readers who will for, have forgotten about that part until later 
when because yes. I have not forgotten about this part. No, there, there, no, I'm keeping so. it there in the memory bank. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I think Kellen tells her in the second book, doesn't he? He's like, we're still trying to figure out, you know, because someone did try to run you over. And also your silks were cut. So it does come back up because, and she's like, what? <laughs> My slide. I've been captive for so long. I forgot about these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, and when you get to the point where she realizes she's been there like six months, I mean, it's been months. It hasn't been days. It's been months. Mm. And she was so out of it for so long because like the kind of concussion she had was, and, and she had the, all the other injuries that had to heal. So no, many it, it, injuries. You know, Which time is devastating as well. All of those injuries were so devastating. And then obviously she gets that bit of a connection with Doc because he exposes his own backstory and his scars and everything to her to make her feel more comfortable. So she's kind of got that connection with him and she has the connection with Vaughn because he simply just seems to be a comfort to her, even though he's in the same position as the other guys. For some reason, they've got that instant connection where she does find him comforting. And so she's got those two connections. And then, of course, Jasper, who is just very bitter <laughs> about the fact that there's any type of connection that's not with him. Can't understand <laughs> why his kidnapped victim has not fallen in love with him immediately. So obviously he's been reading some romance novels. Um, he knows that's the way it goes. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I can see this is a reverse harem. I'm not. <laughs> I can well, considering see um, he was the one leaving her books, and then she ends up with the book she ends up reading in the second one. I mean, where'd she get that from? <laughs> <laughs> I know. What about when you find out Rome was the one that left his teddy there? I love Rome. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, my the thing. I think the thing that. A lot of people did not catch initially is when they when they built a studio for her. and it has all of her favorite types of dance shoes. Yes. All oh. of those is because Rome made sure they got all of the ones that she liked. I'm like, hello, stalker boy. I know. <laughs> he was a bit stalker, but also like swoon. <laughs> yeah. It was very sweet, but I was just like, hello, stalker boy. <laughs> Who knows? All of your favorites. Your oh. shoe size and preference. Yeah. Like that's next level, I must then, say. I think, and then when you learn, I loved learning about them as kids as well. In the second book. That was awesome. I did love that. Yeah, but also tragic. Fucking tragic. <laughs> Sorry. Each time I'm like, oh, goodness. Okay. Is it... Um, is it Kelly that has the the parents that the the parents and the grandmother that just died you know, in the car accident? Yeah, he's like, well, because all yeah. he wants to do is catch the bus on his own. I know. I'm like, oh my god, traumatized. Never wants to catch a bus again. Never catching public transport. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> and then Rome and Liam, and then Liam getting adopted without it. I was like. Sorry, I just have to jump back there because, like, I don't know why, but the part in the kitchen when he comes down and she thinks it's Rome and yes. then he just turns around with this little smirk on his face and he has he doesn't have the tattoos and tattoo it's like he's got tattoo. a twin. I'm like, oh, mm. so hot. 
I don't know why, but that smirks just like, oh. oh. Yeah, because they're like, well, how did Rome let her get past him? Because Liam's crashed out on that. Liam's there. Liam, who's just there all the time, but Jasper just doesn't like him. We need to figure out why Jasper doesn't like Liam and Doc so much. That's oh, the thing that's I mean, really I don't know why he doesn't like know. I'm there for Doc. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to know these things. And also the poster in Doc's. Yeah, like why was he at her performance? And he freaked out. Yeah, why was he there? Yeah. 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 Why was he there? That's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) And why is Liam like over in another? He's a rich bitch because obviously he got adopted out, but that was very devastating. But then I feel like obviously at that point there was another plan in place because, you know, he got adopted out, but he was still coming back to them and helping out. So something's obviously happened after that point. Well, and he wanted happened. Rome to go with him. He wanted yes. Rome to go <clears throat> and Rome didn't want to go. Yeah. I know. Um, I know. Yeah. And writing them as, I think those are those scenes were some of the hardest and easiest at the same time to write um, because they don't really need to talk. No, they, they just they, get they each get other. It. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. I do love that connection between them. And because like, even though all of the stuff has happened and whatever's gone down with Jasper and Liam and whatever, Liam's like, yeah, look, I don't care about that. I just am going to be there for Rome, mm. regardless of whether he wants me to be there. I'm just showing up every time. Like I'm just constantly showing up. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I love that there is, I think there's even a point where Jasper is very much like the only reason way to get rid of him would be to get rid of Rome and they're not getting rid of Rome. Yeah. So they're stuck I know. with him. They're stuck yeah. with him. Damn. Yeah. Done. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got little Freddie. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Can I, I can cuss on this, right? This is fine to cuss. hundred oh, percent. Okay. okay. So. From the very beginning of, of, of figuring out who the guys were in the gang, Freddie was fucking Freddie. <laughs> Literally, I would talk to um, Sarah, because I was pitching the ideas at her and, and she was loving it. And she would go, well, what about this guy? So, fucking Freddie? I don't know what to do with fucking Freddie yet because he's not really cooperating. And then, so it just literally became a running gag that he's always fucking Freddie. And then the first time he shows up on the page, he's got this mouth on him that doesn't quit. No, he said oh my the God. most outlandish things. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with you? <laughs> oh, I love him. I love that he's got that, like, they need that dynamic, I feel, like, within there. He's so cheeky, but he's so vulnerable. Oh, and he, the thing is, like, broken. he's, yeah, yeah, and you, you can see it, like, he acts so strong, but they're all, like, protecting him constantly from himself and you know his drug problems and then obviously in the second book we find out the tragic story which oh my god that warehouse scene broke me (laughs) I was gutted I was was so gutted for Freddie and then I'm like oh my god now he needs to be a part of the harem. Obviously, he needs the love. He needs um, and I love that she's reading him having. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 to read him. She's reading. 
Jesus, what does she? What does he feel about Oscar? My goodness. <laughs> oh, I just liked it when she skipped the sex scenes. <laughs> she would read those, so he did. <laughs> She's like, Mm-mm-mm. nope, not doing that. That's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think like the part where he's detoxing as well, and um, he thinks that they're going to kick him out, and but Jasper's like. He can't see that he's worth. Yeah, how much worth he has and how much they love him. Like the fact that they literally like didn't sleep pretty much for the entire time. They just sat by his bed. They took turns sitting by his bed at Doc's office, like helping him get through that stage. He just can't see just how committed they are. And like they obviously went over into enemy territory to retrieve him as well. So like- Chop some hands off, got an axe, like stole a sword. I was like, I love that Kellen stole the sword, made sure that Jasper didn't see it. I know. He's like, damn, no, Jesus Christ, a freaking sword on the wall. Far out. Jasper's not going to be able to control himself. We're playing the Highlander. (laughs) We'll see Jasper playing Highlander now. (laughs) I just went straight to Vikings. Uh, in my head, I was like, mm, mm. yeah. Oh, I, no, I didn't go to anything other than, fuck, this is hot. Like, <laughs> you go get Freddie. Well, and, and it's, and, and you're looking at Jasper, who's like, he's always so mean and always seems to always be angry. I mean, mean being the wrong word. He always seems so angry. It's like the one time that, like, the first time he kisses her and they get interrupted and he's glaring at her. So she thinks he's pissed at her. He's glaring because they're getting interrupted. I know. I can't believe she misread that she so much. Yeah, on the other hand, she doesn't have a whole lot of education in, True that. you know, True some that. social cues. Yeah. Some social cues are not all there for her. Um, and she doesn't really know. And the funny thing is, is I think she's starting to get to know these guys more. But um, I'm working on Ruthless Trader right now. I'm actually yep. about halfway through it. And even there, I think there's a, there is a point where she's like, she gets it. Yeah. But she doesn't get it. Yeah. And she's trying to figure it out. But at the same time, she's like, is it even worth bothering with this? Because, oh my God, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Well, she is only 18 and most of her backstory is just filled with abuse and, you know, people that have taken advantage of her. So yeah, it would be very hard for her to figure out like an actual semi-normal situation, I guess. <laughs> like yeah, these guys are started with the kidnapping, uh, you know, yeah. and we are a part of a gang. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was important too with uh because like I mean, Tate even gave me a little bit of shit about this when at the end of the first book, she's like, What the hell is she doing? She left with no plan. <laughs> okay, look, her whole plan was to get away. Yeah. She didn't think past that part no because it was to get away and then once she was out it was like okay now what so she just started walking um and then it was important for me particularly by the time we get to the second book you know that her going back that's her choice a choice yeah Hmm. which i think that's when everything changes because obviously the whole time in the first book she's like look even through the little moments that she's having with everybody and all that type of stuff, she just needs to get away because she needs that sense of control. Like she's had no control ever. She needed that sense of control. So she escapes, Doc helps her, 
she gets to the hotel, sees her uncle and has just like kind of a visceral reaction to that and runs away. Liam, he's stalking her now. Like he's taken over Rome's role of stalking and he's stalking her. And he's just like, <laughs> got to get you back. And then, you know. Oh, I can't. I can't even with Liam. I fucking I know. Him. But he's so hot. Oh. I'm just like. I do oh. love it that when he called a princess against you, I slugged him. I know. I know. I love that. I love that. But yeah, and then she finally had that choice and that's when everything changes because she goes back on her own free will and then it's she starts kind of opening up to them all then and being more, you know, accepting of any type of relationship, even friendship that they are offering and kindnesses that they are offering her, which I, which I loved. I think when she goes back though, she has a moment where she's like, well, where she realises that she can't go back to the hotel. Her uncle's clearly around looking not yeah not an option (laughs) that's that's worse yeah yeah but also she's like okay well they kidnapped me I still don't know why but they've actually been really kind to me (laughs) so I think they've actually been kinder than anybody else in my life (laughs) yeah okay I may be trapped but I'm not being abused (laughs) so she's like I'll go back plus it probably doesn't help that Vaughn's got dick piercings they're hot as fuck and she's like yeah that might help. <laughs> I mean, I got know. all that gorgeous ink. <laughs> oh my god, oh, born and her in the shower. Oh, <gasps> Jesus, Stop. Jesus Christ! I can't even. <laughs> I had fun with those scenes. Oh, I bet she did. <laughs> oh, the, the part where they're in the bed and she's like getting all like folded in half and oh like, my god I was loving that I'm like, like yes, yes I've always it. wondered about dancers and having sex and how flexible they are <laughs> like what's happening right now <laughs> there is a thing that that you know even if, if, whether I'm writing or I'm editing you get to a point where every and every author has done this like wait there's too many hands in this seat where did that hand come from or <laughs> They can't possibly go from that position to that position. It doesn't work like that. But when you're her, who's like super flexible, yeah, it does work like that. And she's a lot stronger than she looks too. So, I I mean, I was like, I had fun with that. And and I like that, you know, mom was like, well, alrighty then. He was down for that. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't be? Sounded amazing. Now, I do like that they took Eric and tortured him. Um, It was very well deserved. (laughs) Um, So that was enjoyable for me. Um, But also, I just wanted to bring up the the dodgy uh, rat. Oh, yes. I know. I know, yeah. The one that Rome punched in the face for calling her a princess. Um, he you gotta love Rome, man. Stairs. I do. I do love Rome, Heather. <laughs> you gotta love Rome. He's very much like the, he's so relaxed and laid back and very zen and artistic. And then something just flips his and he's like, bam. <laughs> yeah, that would be JD you're thinking about there. JD. He's just dodgy. He's just, I'm like, what's he going to do? He's definitely going to do something. Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. Um, <laughs> another. another 
<laughs> so obviously the second book we, f- we find out a lot about them and and their backstory and why they're like the vandals in particular why they're so close and how they build that relationship they grew up in the same group home um we haven't worked out about doc yet he's just over there in the peripheral I'm like what's going on with him mm-hmm. uh but yeah like you work out they've built that relationship they've been through a lot you know Vaughn has the tragic past with his mother oh my god that was so oh, devastating Jesus. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Jasper's parents you know his dad kills his mom in front of him pretty much you know and then you got it- Roman Liam is it weird that that didn't bother me as much as like Vaughn and uh and Kellen's I was like oh, poor kids but you know Jasper watching is yeah I mean that is tragic that is- <laughs> you just put it on a scale yeah that one's all right this one's a bit worse uh- <laughs> yeah all heartbreaking I know but like I think the most like eye-opening was her background obviously because you already knew and you had the hints of what had been going on with her reaction to her uncle and the fact that she didn't really want to go back after the performances were done despite Eric's abuse and I think like I was saying to Beck like the way that it was described it was just so traumatizing even though you like None of the actual physical sexual abuse is described at all. But it's the other little things, you know, the sit on my lap and, to, you know. The grooming. The grooming, the grooming, exactly. And it was just so traumatising. Like, it was so, it created such a reaction when you were reading it that you were just, like, felt terrible for anybody that's ever been in this situation. And you know that it happens so much. I was um, actually, I had a reader reach out to me after finishing that book. Um, and she told me privately that, that the same thing had happened to her with her uncle. And that she recognized the signs in Emerson in the first book and that the second book confirmed it. And she really appreciated the time and the way I, the, the way I did it because it's she's dealt with it she said personally she has dealt with her her trauma but that the way that I had written it she could experience it without having flashbacks or having anything so she really and she said I I nailed it and I was like oh my god um I I, that's a really hard one to respond to absolutely because uh, I'm just like I'm I'm glad it didn't upset you more and I'm glad that I got it right but also I'm very very sorry that ever happened to you I know it's Mm. terrible but yeah I I agree it was very well written because yeah it it wasn't glorifying or anything like that and a lot of the things were simple things that you might not necessarily you know unless it's put into that context you don't kind of take any notice of it and then all of a sudden it's this uncle and his niece and um yeah when he took her to the um the big grand opening ball dance theater thing i forget what it was i was then she's literally wearing a leash and collar yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. as jewelry yeah Yeah. exactly 
And like, even just little things like him picking out her clothes and stuff like that, you know, it's not something that that type of relationship, you know, requires, you know. No, not even a little bit. You know, those things are all, you're picking up on all of those. And And so. I guess it was a bit, for me, I think as well, was like, why is he agreeing for her to go on tour for so long, like being away from him so long? But I guess it's just another way that he can control where she is, what she's doing. He knows exactly that he can get to her. At when any he point. can have access to her and yeah. all that type of stuff. And it isolates. And it's the continued isolation. It's why he wouldn't let her have a roommate. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, the isolation yeah. and like yeah. the reliance upon him because he's obviously providing all the funding and things for what she needs which is like strange in, a, in and of itself because, you know, she obviously has her parents mm. who are just inconspicuous. They're not there. They don't have any relationship with her uh, really, except for her being kind of like this front and center person to say, we've got a family for the business, mm. I guess. Mm. And then, um, but then you've got the, uh, the weird trip, where her mum just randomly shows up and takes mm. her away for a holiday. Yeah. Like, like, fuck you, yeah. Uncle Bradley. <laughs> yeah. Take You'll her. notice that she was, yeah, that, that was, that was absolutely, I mean, I, that spoiler, even I don't, I think it, it's nodded to in there that she's absolutely doing it to piss her husband and Bradley off. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. She's smoking the whole time while she's like, text messaging and going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. taking her on a holiday. But I did love um, that. I love that she was able to go to just escape for three weeks, unbeknownst, like, you know, why, but she she was allowed to have three weeks where she had the best time of her life. And I was like, oh, I love that. Because at that point I was a little bit like, what's the go with her parents? Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I know. Why are they not controlling some stuff? But, yeah, you do learn obviously a lot more about that in the second book but then Liam he's now he goes to the 19ds and he's like first stay away from the vandals but also is going to be setting up a meeting with Uncle Bradley so that's going to be interesting I know Liam I know I'm a bit anxious about that (laughs) very anxious about that and also because Liam thinks he's helping Rome I just yeah I think it's a really bad move Liam Bad calculation on your behalf. Is it? Or it could be, you know, it could flip. Anyway, we don't want to give Heather any ideas, don't we? No, no. <laughs> Do you know how many readers tell me that? They're like, I have a theory, but I don't want to tell you in case yeah, it's sorry, right. I I it. <laughs> I'm not going to sell you one way or another. So <laughs> I just don't want, I know that you're halfway through writing the book. I don't want you to change it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be honest I have I have never changed a book because of either a reader got too close to what I was doing or came up with an idea that I went hmm, we could have done that too but not, it, that's not where I was going with it um there, there's a there's a, a fun huge twist in Untouchable that one reader actually came up literally mentions I think sometime around book three or book four, it says, I really hope this is not the case. I was like, well, you're going to be disappointed. But, you know, and it comes up because it comes up later, but I didn't change it, even though hit the nail right on the head. I was like, all right, that's cool. Go, you know, you know, brownie points for you. (laughs) 
I think the the heartbreaking thing in this book as well is where you really learn about Emerson's abuse while she's at this dance company and oh I don't know I I was like oh this is just so horrible like she can't even trust her partner there's no one looking after her she's just a child (sighs) but yeah no you go (laughs) no I was just gonna say the abuse is actually one of the things that's probably the hardest to write about Mm. um there there are legit some scenes that I'll write and I'll be like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a nickname for I have a nickname for one of the characters that you know um, I'm like okay I have to write a scene with this person today so after I'm usually done I have to go play cheering music or something because <laughs> yeah. it's so down when you're doing like, mm. uh, but, um, and I and then I'm trying to walk a fine line because I, I'm not I don't want to I am not going to glorify it nor am I going to give in to any fetishes there for anyone who wants to read about how bad it is yeah. but I have to be able to tell and show enough that you get how bad it is yeah yeah absolutely yeah no I definitely was cringing with a few of them with dear old uncle Bradley and I was like oh yeah oh, god hope he gets his hands chopped off or something <laughs> <laughs> She has a weird fetish for people getting their hands cut off. I do. I'm just all there for them. Look, Jasper likes cutting people's fingers off. He has no problems with digits, okay? I mean, and and limbs. Exactly. Um, When he started going into that club, chopping people's limbs off with an axe, I was like, (laughs) she was there for it. it. It's probably one of her favorite parts of the book. Definitely a highlight. I love that. Ja- I think my favorite part about Jasper was, um, and my beta readers lost it laughing in the first book when he cuts the dude's finger off and makes him thank him. Yes, yes. I know. The luck of everything else. And if you get to the hospital quick enough, they can put it back. Here's some eyes. I was like, oh. oh my God. It's so calculated. I know. So I calculated. <laughs> But if you if you pay attention, Jasper has great manners all the way through it. He says please and thank you. He yeah. has these awesome manners, and everybody keeps going, why does he have manners like this with yeah. all the stuff that he does? I'm like, well, you'll see, you'll find out. It's such a contradiction. He's a real gentleman, I find too. Like uh-huh. even, you know, he's so I guess um you know, through this story, he, he's kind of got that like whole alpha vibe and but when he he's more than happy to sort of open his mind to sharing because he loves his brothers and he he loves Emerson. You're like, oh, sweet, he's so lovely. There's a couple of things that we haven't mentioned, but the whole way through the two books, we're getting this reference to Raptor, Raptor. and you know how Raptor's going to mm. be pissed and this is not the plan, and we haven't told Raptor he's in jail, but he's in isolation and all this kind of stuff. And who, you know, we're kind of getting these things. Who's Raptor? How's he involved? Um, which we find out at the very end of the book. But the other thing that which was huge was the fact that she was pregnant. Yes. You know, so we haven't found out anything further than that, than other, obviously, that then she had an abortion. Um, well, when I was reading that, as soon as it said that, yeah, she had told her uncle that she wasn't finishing and that she gets there and then she's going to a clinic, I'm like, oh, this poor girl. I'm so 
trauma. Well, it, it, some, someone actually made the point that, that if that didn't make it clear that, that, that her uncle had taken it as far as rape, then that would have, but yeah. 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 So, yeah. Ah, so lovely that she has that friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love, we love Lainey. Lainey is awesome. Yes. We, need her. we need one of those in your life. Even though she's like not allowed to really associate with her at all. And you kind of get the impression that she's not in a lot of contact with her regularly because she can't. And then, she, but her friend is still there to like. She just shows up. I'm... You need a friend like that. That just shows up. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really care what other people think. Mm-mm. Exactly. But exactly. during all of this though, she doesn't really seem to. Like she's quite a strong, she's quite strong for like an 18 year old to go through all of that. And I'm sure there might come a point where she breaks or whatever, but she's the whole time she's, she just persevered. Yeah. And Mm. that's sad. That's sad. Mm. It is. It is. Well, and she's found, I mean, there, there are places along, I mean, she's been very isolated, obviously. And that was completely at her uncle's design. Yeah. So she's never had anyone else that she could rely on. So she's always had to rely on herself. And she's found ways to escape, you know, ways to survive. Um, so she's very much a survivor. And yet, even like amongst the dance world or in the troops, like she found people who were kinder. I mean, obviously the chick who was supposed to be looking after her and, and you know, being her chaperone was, <sighs> but <laughs> I can't stand her. Every time I have to write her name, I'm like, die. Um, <laughs> I hope you die. <laughs> I keep thinking, it would be great if I could kill her at some point. And, and I freely admit, if that's a spoiler, I'm sorry, because I haven't figured out where I can kill her yet. But if I can kill her, I'm totally killing her because I can't stand her. I love that. Um, I love that you but, can't stand her. Well, it, it, that happens sometimes. You write characters and I mean, okay, yeah, you're not supposed to like the villains. Really, you're not. But sometimes you, you write villains and you kind of get them, their point of view and, and, and that kind of thing. Or every villain is the hero of their own story. This chick, this chick just is terrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. no, that, I don't care what, he, what heroic things she thinks she's done. I know she hasn't. So... <laughs> If I can find a way to kill her, I'm going to. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. So we get to end of book two. Like we've made a lot of headway with our relationships with with uh, all of the vandals, uh, you know, and their ability to accept that the other relationships are going on as well, which is amazing. She even is making headway with Liam, who's going to do a boxing session with her. Um and, you know, Jasper's becoming a little bit more accepting of Liam and Doc being around too, which is amazing. He's more worried about though. Jasper's really focused on that he wants her to trust him. Yes. That's his biggest thing is, is the trust. So we did skip over the fact that she was almost kidnapped by the bounty hunters because there's oh, a, yeah. a bounty oh, yeah. on her head. Um yeah you know, which is why they're being more cautious and why Liam is meeting up with the uncle because he's put the bounty out. So, mm. you know, mm. that's a big point too. But yeah, skip to the end. Raptor's out on jail. Conveniently, Jasper doesn't have his phone on. <laughs> oh, Jasper. And then... <laughs> and she doesn't have her phone either. She, she doesn't have her it. phone. Yeah. And uh-oh, they walk into a shitstorm. Raptor's out of jail. Oh, <laughs> 
And Doc's told Raptor, hasn't he? Doc's told Raptor that. Well, obviously he knows because he's in Mm -hmm. very heated argument with all of them in the kitchen. And then Jasper walks in and he's just like, bam, they start a fight. And my favorite part was that she was like, she just jumps in the middle of the fight and she's like, hey, fuck off, my man. With a little switchblade. (laughs) Get away from Jasper. I know, I know. I um, yeah. I can't. I can't wait for the next book. I'm so excited. I, we also skipped over the. I think my favorite scene, besides the one where she almost gets kidnapped, um, and she fights back before Rome even gets in the kitchen. Yes, which, you know, Rome. Rome being. I love how Rome fights and just like he's so vicious. Yes, but, I know. Um, it was when the guys were all arguing when they were coming back from when she and Rome were coming back from uh, being at Liam's and then they're all arguing and having a big old pissing contest in the middle of the warehouse and yeah. she turns on the hose and hoses yes, all down. Yes. down. I love that. I love it. Just so cash. Oh. Bunch of animals. It's just, I, I like that she, she's not broke. I mean, she's broken, but she's not. Yeah, she's very strong. She's a very strong person to have, even to be where she is now after all that she's been through. But obviously we find out her name is Ivy. She's been in this group home. She's been adopted out and they've just been like, wow, she's got a better chance at life, but we're going to keep an eye on her. And it's just that classic case of appearances aren't always what they seem, you know, and yeah, it's, it's sad because. Well, if you notice um, it's on the tattoo on the ruthless trader cover for Vaughn there's ivy wrapped around that cross that's on his chest nope didn't notice it they but all have they all have and she she's mentioned it in a couple places that they have ivy or what looks like creeping vines mm-hmm. on their tattoos true, and they, true. and, and, and they all have an ivy tattoo oh my god I love it but it's so heartbreaking as well because as they find out what she's been through it must just be completely gutting for them because for them to think that she was just in this better life, they were doing the right thing, they were keeping an eye on her, but then to find out that none of that was real, like it just must be so heartbreaking for them. Well, they don't even know the half of it yet. No, they don't. But even what they do know is already broken. I know. When they find out about the uncle, I just, yeah, I don't know what that's going to be at that point. Look, let's just say some arms are probably going to get cut off maybe a few feet um Jasper's definitely cut off go. and fed to him yeah his dick will get cut off and fed to him Heather yeah <laughs> definitely yeah so just just understand that this is a nine book series so it's probably gonna get worse before it gets better. oh dear god okay <laughs> I'm just just letting you know that right now um i'm actually really excited about that some nine book series i know i'm Um, very excited to hear more about them i i love that well there's there's so many as i as i jokingly say there are so many dicks to juggle in this one i needed the space but i also the story there's so much in the story Hmm. um and originally it was going to be eight books and then it became nine um just to cover the whole dynamic of everything that happens and when i finished vicious rebel and send it off to my editor. I literally sat down and wrote all of the hit points that are going to happen in Ruthless Trader. 
like all the way down. Everything that's going to happen in it, I have all the hit points that are in this list. And then I wrote, and including the cliffhanger. And then I went and I wrote three quarters of what's going to be in book four, which I won't slip and say what the title is because I almost did. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a thing I do with my group. When I finish one of the books, it's like when I finish writing Ruthless Trader, the way I, I announce that I have finished writing it is I will post a, a, the, the little thing that I put at the very end of the last thing, like, you know, Emerson and the Vandals will return in Ruthless Trader. That was how I announced that was the title of the next book. So when I finish Ruthless Trader, I will say Emerson and the Vandals will return in you know, insert name here. Um, but that that hopefully will be getting posted before August 30th, because that's my goal is to have it finished by August before I, I leave for Wales. So anyway, but it's it's just, I have, I know everything is going to happen in book three. I know everything's going to happen in book four. I know half of book five now, and I cannot seem to write it fast enough <laughs> to get Love it all it. down. Wait here so. for it. We love. Oh, that. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. I'm really loving it. And I know, I know how they're all interlinked. Um, I know every. I know all the little different nooks and crannies. How how they connect, and and there's actually going to be some connections that go back to a couple of other book series, and forward to another series. So, I, I apparently have created a very convoluted. Um, I needed my own murder board. I keep joking as I have to drop <laughs> the yard to different places. <laughs> Love that. Love that. That's amazing. Well, yes, we're very excited about the third book coming out October 26. Um, but obviously, while you're waiting for the third book, if you haven't read any of Heather's other work, there is so much there and it's so varied. I love it because, you know, you've got cowboys, you've got reverse harem, military, royals, shifters, superheroes, thieves, witches, is something for everybody. Yeah. Um, Untouchables is your other um piece of work that is really popular as well. Um, is it a is it 12 books in that series? Yes, it's going to be 12. It was a... <laughs> because I've read a couple series. of different places. It was like 9, 12, 13. I'm like, which one is it? No, no. Originally it was going to be no way I can tell the story in three books. So then I was like, okay, 10 books. And that seemed really ambitious. But I was like, but by the time I got done with book seven, I was like going, I, I don't know that I can wrap this up in three. I think <laughs> I actually need two more to do everything that I want to do. And uh, I was talking to Sarah about it and Sarah's like, go for it. And Sarah's usually the one who's always like, nope, put the brakes on. This is, you know, stop here. And like, and she's like, no, <laughs> two more, no, definitely. Let's do two more. So I, I just finished um, book nine, Defiance and Dedication. And that comes out in um, August and that's done. And then I have uh, the book 10 will be out in, in December. And they're all getting turned into audiobooks too, which so are uh, the Vandals. And yes, um, I love that. And the so there's a exciting, bit of option for everybody. It's great. Yeah. I love, and, I, and I've known about, I've known about, I've been editing Reverse Harem for a really long time. Because um, so everybody keeps going, why did you suddenly start writing Reverse Harem? It wasn't a case of jumping on a trend. I just never had a book that would work for it or had a story yeah. idea that would work for it. Um, I've written Minaj on several occasions. So that wasn't a big deal, but it was like, what story do I have? And so then I came, uh, I, I started writing the Frankie books but even before that, I had tried a pen name for a little while. And, and I wrote under Jazz Michaels, I wrote two books. And, and then I had a problem with depression. And I had a real, I had like a year, I didn't write anything. It was awful. 
But once I got my writing mojo back, that happened with Frankie. So then I finished the Jazz Michael series under my own name, which was fine. Um, but I love writing Frankie and the Boys. They're so easy to write. It's like when I, and it's funny to say that, but they are. It's like going home every time I go to sit down to write them. And then I wrote the Fiona books, which were just hysterical to me. And that was based off a blurb that I'd written seven years ago for a story I wanted to write, but never had like anything but the blurb. Yeah. And then, so I got to write that one and it was fun. And I've got, so I've got books literally planned to 2030 at the moment. <laughs> well, that is awesome. I must say. <laughs> what a planner. <laughs> what a planner. I know. I feel- we're super excited because we're three weeks ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not nine years, but... Well, we've got some very important questions for you right now. Okay. Yes, we do. Now, you're really going to have to think about these. So, Favourite food? Steak. Oh, my gosh. I had the best steak the other night. Favourite colour? That's a toss-up. Red was my favourite colour forever, but I really love blue now. <laughs> love it. I don't know why. I just do. I just I used to love I have so much stuff that's red, but I really like blue now. What animal would you be if you could be an animal? One of my dogs. <laughs> my dogs are spoiled, rotten brats who get whatever they want, whenever they want. Yeah, I come back. I want to be one of my dogs. For sure. Okay. Fuck, marry, or kill Jasper Vaughn Rome. I hate this game. <laughs> um, fuck Vaughn, Mary Brown, kill Jasper. Yes. That's what I would do. <laughs> I hate this game, but she's like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Which of your characters do you resonate with the most? Rachel. And she's in the Untouchable series. Um, and, and, Rachel, I, I, from the moment she said uh, to the guys, you guys might be real pricks, but I'm the whole damn cactus. I was like, yeah, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. That's awesome. <laughs> and last one, what was the last movie, TV show or book to make you cry? Movie? I think the last movie that actually got tears out of me was Endgame. Marvel's Endgame. And oh. since that movie, I have I have not actually watched a single Marvel product since because they pissed me off so badly. With I'm what a they huge did. Marvel fan, Heather. A huge I, I, fan. I loved it, but they killed Natasha and I was like, fuck you and the horses you rode in on, you fucking assholes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I just, and I, I, I had tears running down my face during mm-hmm. that, that whole sequence. And through the rest of the movie, I just, I hated how the rest of the movie went. I absolutely hated it. And from a writing standpoint, I'm like, you lazy sons of bitches. (laughs) So, and it's weird. Um, I will say book-wise, I think the last book that made me cry is one that is not out yet. Mm. And I mean, she came damn close to getting me to cry. I actually cussed her out for it. So it's pretty funny. (laughs) How dare you? I will not require. I refuse to give you. How dare you bring emotions? My tears. 
Okay, seriously, I am not a crier though. I, I will write some of these scenes that I that make people bawl, and they're like, "How could you write that with a straight face?" I because I, I just don't. I don't cry a lot. That the the couple of times movies that I cried in before Endgame, one was Dragonheart, and I cried because I hated that the dragon had to die. I'm like, just stick the prick in some concrete and make him stay there for the rest of his existence, and you know, do that. But no, we had to kill the dragon, which I absolutely freaking hated. Yeah. And then um, there's a movie called What Dreams May Come mm -hmm. that I legit had the reaction of, by the end of it, I am sobbing. I am a freaking mess. And my husband is like, what it was wrong with you? And I said, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> at which point he lost his shit laughing at me and nearly got punched. But it was, it's, it's one of those movies that everything about it literally was just a beautiful love story and it hit on every level. So it's really hard to make me cry. Yeah, look, I cried when the Brachiosaurus died in Jurassic World uh, too. So, you know. <laughs> See, I haven't watched the Jurassic World movies because I was like, mm, I haven't loved any of them since Jurassic Park, the first one. Todd, that's a classic. It's a classic. Well, and when I saw Jurassic Park, I actually saw that on a day, uh, first date with someone and I had okay. no idea what it was about. <laughs> I hadn't seen any advertising. I mean, I was like, all I kept thinking is Jurassic must have something to do with dinosaurs, but that's it. I, I had no idea what it was about. I'd never even heard of it. So we go watch this movie and I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, and I must've looked like they did when, when he turns her head to make her look at the Brachiosaurus and you're like, <laughs> and um, to this day, I laugh whenever the Tyrannosaurus eats the lawyer. Um, <laughs> it's a great movie. It doesn't never get cold. Never. No, it doesn't. Um, but the second one was okay. The third one, I wanted Tia Leone's character just to die because she wouldn't stop screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the dinosaur never ate her, which was really a bummer for me. But I have not watched the Jurassic World ones because I'm like, yeah, I've had no interest. And then I keep hearing stuff about them and I'm like, eh um but yeah so the jurassic park was an awesome film especially when you had no idea what was going to happen mm -hmm. for sure well thank you so much for joining us today we've had an absolute ball everybody go and read heather's books she is fantastic i've read the fiona books as well which were hilarious and um <laughs> There are just so many options out there. Like I said, there's like options for everybody. There's Audible coming out too. And we're very excited about the next Vandals book coming out on the 26th of October. Can't wait. I have to tell you one thing about the Audibles that I'm really excited about is like Savage Vandal just came out and it has two male narrators and one female narrator. Um, the next book for Vicious Rebel, we are adding another male narrator. Oh, So nice. it will have three male narrators and one female narrator, but I have a multicast because there are just so many guys. I, I mean, and I've, I've been very fortunate with the narrators that I've gotten to do like the Untouchable Books. Grayson is an amazing guy who can do the different voices and you can tell who he's being just by the way his voice changes. Oh, but yeah. I was like with the Vandals because there are just so many and, and there are scenes where they're arguing. I wanted to have contrasting voices yeah. doing the arguments and stuff. And so with the particular edition of the guy who shows up at the end of the second book, his, that's why we have a, a new voice coming in because I, I just, I wanted him to have his own voice. Yes, that would be amazing. 
that will be amazing to listen to. I love that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Heather. We've had a ball. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I'm like, I'll be here. <laughs>